Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. beautiful mamas. What a difference a week makes. This time last week I brought you a podcast with Helen Joy Butler. Thinking that most of us have to start staying home but really not truly understanding the reality that we will all be facing. And I'm thinking that this time in another week it'll be different again. I want to do so much to make sure that all the mummers behind those doors with their babies and with their children and with their parents in their minds and with uncertainty around work, jobs, the future, feel like there are resources. I feel like the years and years of covering crises, national disasters with the ABC has trained me to be thinking almost non-stop about what I can do to get a message out. And so I have decided to bring you more podcasts, more interviews, almost like a pop-up radio station if I can, to talk directly to you, the mummers who are at home, who are unsure. I'm going to bring you information about what to do if you're pregnant and have a newborn how to stay home and be calm, how to navigate tough conversations with your partner about how this is going to work. I want this to be a place of certainty, calm and inspiration for you. And so it is my great pleasure to share with you the first of these interviews with Beth Berry, the creator of Revolution from Home, and what a perfect insight we need right now. I reached out to Beth when I started to realise that so many of us would be in our homes and what this was really going to mean. And we jumped on a call this morning and talked. She told me as we started that just an hour before our conversation, she had been informed that schools would be closed in her area until mid-May And this is how quickly it's changing. So in a moment, I'll share with you the interview with Beth. And please excuse the beeping from her computer during the episode. We're doing this in our homes with kids in the background. I'm editing this on my computer as my children try and continue with school next to me. 
We're all doing the best we can, bringing you the content that I hope you need, even if it is a bit rushed. But I want you to know that we are a community. There are places for you to reach out to. You can still join my pop-up online membership for mamas during this time called Returning Home. Just go to amytaylorkabaz.com forward slash returning home. I'm keeping it open for a little longer to ensure anybody who wants this support can be a part of it. And part proceeds of that membership will be donated to Lifeline Australia to support all the families that are seriously struggling in this time. But for now, we can do this. We can create a revolution from home. Here's Beth Berry. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor Cabaz, author, mama, and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realized that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me, and since then have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. Beth, thank you for joining the Happy Mama Movement podcast. Considering what's happening in the world right now, I am very grateful that you said yes and jumped on this call for my beautiful community. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I'm really uh, pleased to be invited to be here and, and to have this conversation with you. So, Beth, your work is all about a revolution from home. And over the last week or so, when I have really sat with what can I bring to my mama community right now as we all stay in our homes and face something we've never faced before, you immediately came to mind because we really are going to be having a revolution from home right now around the world. So for those that don't know your work, could you tell us a little bit about revolution from home and how it came about? Sure. Um, I started blogging when I lived in Mexico with my family. I was there for four years and I finally had some spaciousness in my life. I had been living uh, in a big city in Austin, Texas before that. And it was just crazy. I mean, living on the highway, carting kids around to four different schools. And I was, it was a very stressful time of my life. So, um, my husband at the time lost his job and we decided to uh, take a chance on a dream, a long time dream and move the family to Mexico thinking we'd be there about a year and it ended up being four years. Um, 
and it was just the best decision we could have ever made. We, uh, we slowed down enough to have a different perspective on what was possible, uh, in our day-to-day lives and in general. And it was such an expansive time and writing was the thing that came out of it for me. That was one of, one of the richest things that came out of it for me. Um, and when I really started trying to decide what it was I wanted to write about, I, I tried my hand at a lot of things. Um, and I was exploring the, the things I was seeing around me, but it was mostly my inner world in response to the changes around me that I, that felt the richest. And, um, so that's where revolution from home came in because at the time I didn't really know what the revolution was. I didn't really know what was coming, what was being, uh, and asking to come through me, but I was really clear that the, the heart of the revolution that I feel in my bones is an inside out from the home out into the world kind of a thing, uh, in part because I've spent so much time in my home with my kids and, and really recognize the power of, um, of the kind of growth that can only happen in a container like that and can only happen when we are tempered by motherhood and changed and transformed by that. So I really believe that the, the revolution starts from within us mm. and, and really permeates out into the world uh, rather than from out in the world into us. Oh, I 100% agree. And you just gave me goosebumps because, my goodness, this is so much more relevant than we ever thought was possible. But you have four girls, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Wow. Yeah, they're, uh, 12, 15, 19, and 25. So you really have been, as you said, within your home having to consider and contemplate this for a long time. So when you say revolution is an inner job, when you talk about a revolution, what are you meaning? What I mean by revolution, the personal revolution that I have experienced and that I believe that so many women are hungry for, people are hungry for, but uh, is, is a revolution around the way that we hold ourselves, the way that we perceive ourselves, the way that we um, internalize narratives around us. Um, which, which narratives we adopt from the culture that we're living within, um, that we're constantly checking in with the question of, is this a story that's actually big enough for me? Is this, is this container, this narrative, whatever it may be, big enough for the whole of who I am? And so the revolution really has to do with um, living bigger, being more fully ourselves, and daring to be whole women in a, in a world that, um, that celebrates women who stay small, who stay quiet, who stay within, within the bounds, within the culturally, culturally condoned bounds of societies and, and saying, no, actually I'm bigger than all of that. And I'm in order to, um, I think this is especially important for mothers because we are then modeling what it is to be a whole woman for our children. So the revolution really comes from a radical shift in the way we see ourselves 
and the way that we are challenging the social norms around us, the cultural norms around us, in order that we can really reclaim the fullness of our of our humanness, of our femininity and our humanness toward the, the eventual healing of ourselves and the world. Oh, my goodness, yes. I feel that this is what happens when we honour motherhood and womanhood differently. In my own work with matrescence, yes, it's this acknowledgement of the transition into motherhood and acknowledging that you are changing and it is this period of transition that you need to view differently. And that's sort of the micro, even though it's enormous, it's the micro thing we're focusing on. But if you go, if you follow that all the way through to its end, to the macro effect of what happens if women start valuing transitioning to motherhood differently and how they value themselves and what they do differently, you are going to create that bigger revolution. So it really is that first me, then the rest. I really, I really agree with you wholeheartedly. And especially if we can be doing that together, if, if it's not me doing that in isolation in my home and trying to fight this revolution by myself, but it's figuring out creative ways to connect with other awakening women, women who are awakening to their own worthiness, to their own true value in the world, and be doing that work together so that we actually have so much more power uh, when we, you know, I think that one of the things that are so many cultures have stripped from women is the sense of uh, belonging and togetherness that is our power. And we now feel afraid of each other and judged by one another. And it, to me, that's one of the biggest tragedies ever because we are individually disempowered in our homes when collectively we have immense power. Um, particularly women who are waking up to their own worthiness. Oh, I've written that down, awakening to their own worthiness. And you're right, we need to be doing this together. And it is one of the ways that we are going to create and sustain this revolution. But Beth, right now, (laughs) we are in our homes in a whole new way. We are facing a world that just changes every hour at the moment. And I have moments of feeling like this is our time. This is our chance as mothers and as women to come together and show that the way that we live in our homes, the way we care for each other, the way that we um, hold strong and have faith right now is going to change the way women are valued and then a few, just a few moments later, I'll feel completely overwhelmed and sad for how this is going to affect so many. It's such, a, uh, it's such an unusual and overwhelming moment in our history. But if we are to look at women in our homes right now and how we really need to honour what's happening as well as be the mama, the space holder, the partner, the daughter for so many. How do we navigate this? Where do we start? Yeah, that's a a powerful question. Um, I think one thing that's been helpful for me in navigating this so far, because it's so fresh still, is that every change that I've ever made, every, every transformation that I've gone through has had 
a sort of a similar tone of, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. This feels impossible. Where are we going? I can't see beyond a few steps in, in front of me. Uh, do I have what it takes? What a mess. <laughs> They've all had these transformative moments in my life and in the lives of so many of my clients and people I love have these elements of, of uncertainty and discomfort and like, um, and moments of terror, even just that, that fear of the unknown and of, of so many things that, that don't make sense to us. Um, so a big part of it for me is that I'm able to look back on my life and actually start to trust those transformative moments and realize that I'm being remade in those moments. I'm being, uh, rebuilt, rebirthed from the inside out into a more resilient person, a more compassionate person. If I, if I allow the process to happen, which means taking on that discomfort. Um, I don't know who said this. I, I wish that I could remember or, or where I came up with it. It might be something I pieced together with something else I heard. But one of the things that's been really helpful to me lately is I think of um, placing this discomfort on my inner altar and calling it holy. Oh, oh that's, that's brought tears to my eyes. Wow. And so what does that mean to you to do that? It means to me is, is that there's got to be a, there's an element of radical acceptance um, Tara Brock is, has a book called Radical Acceptance that I highly recommend. And in it, she really talks about this, that the more we can come to accept an experience and accept a reality in life, um, that from that, that, uh, energy of acceptance, we then are better equipped to be able to take the next steps forward. It's not about saying, it's not about giving up. It's not about, um, saying that I like this. But acceptance is saying this, this too, this is part of the process of life. This is part of the power of life, that there are bigger powers beyond me that are working on me, working on us all. I mean, we certainly need a radical shift in the way that we are living as humans on this precious and fragile earth. And um, who are we to say what that, what form that's meant to take, but this trust piece, uh, I think is so big. And the idea of placing my discomfort on my inner altar and calling it holy is a, is a, um, it's like a way of, of visualizing for myself, um, radical acceptance, uh, on, in a really beautiful way. Like if I imagine that I have this, this beautiful, well-tended altar within myself, where I put the, the beautiful things and the treasured things and the uncomfortable things because I'm saying yes to all of it as part of the human experience. To me, that's like the path to a rich and wholehearted life is saying yes to all of it. If I can look back on my own life and realize that the hard moments grew me into the, you know, to the p person that I am, then then I want to be able to accept them when they come into my life um, for the teachers that they are. 
I often talk about matrescence on this podcast. It's the the element of motherhood, the insight into motherhood that just changed everything for me and that matrescence is a transition from being a woman to a mother but it is a transition that takes time and affects every element of your whole self, your physical, your spiritual, your psychological, your economic, every single part of you is in transition as you become and understand yourself as this, as you said, this newly made person. And so to see what we're going through right now as a transition, as something that is going to change every element of ourselves, it it actually helps me breathe out a little bit. It's, it's understanding, as you said, that we're in this messy middle bit where we don't know what's coming. We don't know what's on the other side. We, we are fluctuating between knowing we've got this and having complete moments of terror. It is like new motherhood. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, the way I've been thinking about it is that um, when I look back on my life raising little kids, thinking about how many times the transition from the house to the car was difficult. I mean, it's extremely stressful, you know, the, the smallest, seemingly small transitions can be really, really challenging. The transition in from, um, into motherhood, the transition from our kids uh, out of, uh, infancy and into, um, another stage of childhood, when they start going to school, when they start at adolescence, the, all, there's so much transition within motherhood. And I think if we can look at that and look at how much we've grown, we grow throughout the experience of learning how to handle those tra- transitions, and then recognize that we're in a mass transition globally into a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new new set of coping strategies, um, you know, a new way of thinking about every aspect of the way we connect our financial lives, um, you name it, our time with our children. So to give ourselves a lot of, uh, to be really patient with ourselves and give ourselves and each other a lot of grace, recognizing that if it's stressful to get our kids from the house to the car, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like how this is massive and we're not just talking about being, there's not just a pandemic at play here. We're transitioning into it. So we don't know how to do this. We don't know what we're doing. We don't even know what we're transitioning into. So to be able to just take the expectations off the table and show up and say yes to each messy day with openness to whatever comes and is the least amount of resistance to the mess and the messiness as we can. I think that that can actually um, allow us to move, move through it, catching more of the beautiful moments, the lighthearted moments, the joyful moments, than if we have this preconceived notion of what we think a day should look like right now, because it's probably not going to look like that or feel like we want it to. Uh, and I think that fighting against wow. the resistance piece really causes us a lot, a lot more stress and angst than, than if we were to accept it more fully. I've been thinking a lot lately about this transition, um, you know, that we're moving into or that you've said so beautifully here and almost thought that 
this is almost like another fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. Everything you've just described is the transition into motherhood in that fourth trimester period, that you have to surrender to the messiness. You have no idea what your day is going to look like, that every single thing has changed and will be different forever, but you can't look beyond this moment right now, that you have to fully surrender. And then when you think about the the, uh, things that you should have around you in your fourth trimester to support you, it is letting go of all plans, making sure you're having the right nourishing foods, sleeping when you can, making sure you have the right support network, all of these beautiful elements to support that early transition into motherhood. We need the same things now. This is like a global fourth trimester. We're all going to be staying in our homes, going back to basics, letting all plans go, no travel, no seeing people. This is our time to just be okay with that transition, isn't it? It really is. I, I see it that way as well. And I think it's a, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity. And I don't mean to uh, make light of how challenging this this is and is going That's to right. be for people but I also think there's a lot of opportunity in it for us to slow down collectively like I have I have a lot of clients who are commenting about how relieved they feel that they actually feel like some pressure has been taken off because everyone else is slowing down so they feel like they actually finally can that when there's not this crazy, crazy pace going on around them, they can give themselves permission more easily to do less. And I think people are desperate for permission to do less. <laughs> and there's also a lot of people really, really uncomfortable with doing less because when we slow down and we do less, we are faced with our uh, discomfort. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, we realize how many coping strategies we have, healthy or not, um, for getting away from the discomfort as, as quickly as possible. I think that a lot of that stuff is coming up right now and, uh, and a lot of people don't like it. <laughs> yes, and that's why we need to be so kind and compassionate to ourselves as we transition here. So speaking of that, I wanted to make sure that we both had a conversation here about making sure we don't have another level of pressure put on mothers right now. I'm very aware that on social media there are some pretty amazing um, images because behind the scenes I'm sure it's not the same, images of nailing the homeschooling and we're all just going to be baking today. And, uh, yes, there is some beautiful refocusing on home tasks that even my family and I have been doing this week that does feel really beautiful and nourishing but it's also really messy and there's moments of total overwhelm and I don't want this to turn into another pressure on mothers to get this right that we need to be really mindful of the image we're portraying of what this looks like within the home because this has been been part of the problem mothers have been having is that we think we need to get this perfect and this is not one of those times again what do you think about this yeah I completely again I've been seeing it too the pandemic perfectionism which is just like oh that's what we should call it I love that and it's it's um it's it's laughable 
it's, it's also really sad. And I think, um, I'm also seeing a lot of the reaction to that, which is the memes and such that are kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll be doing nothing for the next however many months. And I do think that there's a really magical suite in between somewhere where we figure out what works for us, what works for our family. And we truly strip away all of the shoulds and all of the rules that culture has imposed on us and that we have adopted and said yes to unconsciously or consciously and truly carve out a way that feels good. I mean, one of the, one of the things that occurred to me recently is that I want to be able to look back on this stretch of time, whatever it is, and, and smile and feel good about the way I showed up at the very least. And for me, that means wholeheartedly. And it means being as present as I can. It also means allowing myself to have all the feelings as they come up and give myself space and time to work through them. It means saying no to some of the things my kids ask for because I'm not feeling resourced in the moment. It may, means saying no to a whole lot of the extra things that, you know, <laughs> part of me wants to add in, you know, I've, I've got these impulses, like I should offer another course and I should offer another program. And I have to really calm that stuff Mm. and recognize that taking good care of myself, taking good care of my family, it's enough. And if we look back and we stressed out and stressed our children, um, I don't think that's actually what we're going to feel proud of when we look back. Another, another thing to, that I think is helpful to keep in mind is that our kids are going to look back and have memories of this. And if we do nothing but allow the kids to, you know, like let's, if you had one project a month for the next few months and it was, you were in it with your kids with your whole heart, that your kids are going to remember that mm-hmm. because you were fully there with them. It doesn't have to be that there's a new shiny project every day. <laughs> you know, we can really lower our, ex- our expectations. Um, and, and, this is what it, mm-hmm. and, and this is what it's asking us to do. I feel like, I think it's Oprah who says, you know, first the universe whispers at you. And then if you don't hear it or throw a brick, this is the universe's brick we need to do this. I, I worry about, and look, I've caught myself doing it too. Or oh, maybe now this is my chance to clean out that cupboard and Marie Kondo my house. That's just another form of addiction to busyness. That's just another form of being busy because you think you have to be to be successful and happy. This is not our chance to suddenly, you know, redo all of the photo albums. If that feels good one day, then sure, but don't create a to-do list every day that's not going to allow your nervous system to slow down and heal like it needs to. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we can check our motivations and, and ask ourselves, am I choosing to take on this project because it really feels inspiring and nourishing to me or because it feels like, a distraction and it's, uh, it has that, um, that stimulating quality. Like, is it keeping my nervous system amped up and, and, um, overactivated or is it actually helping me to feel soulfully nourished? And it's gonna, we're going to have a different answer to that depending on the day 
you know, depending on where we are in our cycle, depending on how, in, how intense it feels with the kids, how many breaks we've been able to get. Mm-hmm. Um, so to really feel our way through this, and this is a, an amazing opportunity for increased self-reflection to be able to feel what's happening in our bodies and give space for the feelings and then to follow those feelings to, to the needs we're having. Is my body actually asking for rest right now when I'm getting on and, you know, scrolling again on my phone? Is that actually, what does my body need to feel nourished? What does my spirit need to feel nourished instead of stimulated or distracted? And Beth, just finally, maybe, what about the mamas that have really little ones at the moment? I keep thinking about the mamas with two, three toddlers under five, under six, and their daily trip to the park with their mother's group or the play centre or the swimming lessons was really how they kept a sense of stability in their life. And when you and I talk about things like space to reflect on the process, make sure you're nourishing yourself, all of these things, when sometimes, especially I can just, I have almost this woman pictured in my mind with three young boys <laughs> and, and, and they're the boisterous boys and they're the ones that are just bouncing off the wall and it's only been four days. What would you say to her about honouring her own internal process and honouring the transition? How, how is she going to honour herself in this process? That question is um, important and also hard because there are no really good (laughs) silver bullet answers. Um, The best I can do is reflect back on my own experience of having little ones underfoot and, and the stories that I hear from so many women. And I think the, one of the biggest things is to be able to, um, learn to ask for help, even though we're going to have to be creative about getting, getting help right now. If there are, if there are people in your life that you can ask for support from so often, we just don't ask. We play this martyr card or we think we should be doing it ourselves or somehow it's a reflection on us as good mothers to be able to handle it all, to be able to ask And right now, especially ask for as much help as you can possibly find, even in creative ways Mm -hmm. Um, and of our partners too, you know, Um, also to be able to prioritize sleep best you can, even if that means napping with the babies or um, slowing things down, letting things be messy and recognizing that's not a reflection of poor parenting. It's a reflection of parenting of young children, you know. And being um, creative about ways that we can let off steam. Um, a lot of a lot of the stress that I felt when my kids were really little, I think, came from feeling number one, like I it was all on me. You know that I had to somehow prove to the world that I could handle it all myself. Um, but also not having a lot of outlets for just saying this sucks. This is awful. I need, I hate this. There were moments that I needed so desperately to be able to say to someone who, who could understand or just empathize. I am not enjoying this. This does not feel 
good. This is not what I thought I was signing up for. And to be listened to and held, um, whether that's through online counseling services, coaching, there's so many things happening online right now that I think we really, during this season, we've got to take advantage of um, and be creative about meeting those needs because we've got to feel seen and heard and held. Um, one of the things that is, is clear to me is that the the impulse, the, the natural instinct in a time when we're feeling uh, threatened by our, our life circumstances, when things don't feel safe, is to lean into the pack, to actually move closer to each other. And we don't have that option in our physical proximity to one another right now. So that is going to inevitably add to this sense of fear and isolation and potentially despair. So even more reason, all the more reason we really have to um, be creative about reaching out online, figuring out ways to get some of our needs met so that we're not walking around. We are going, likely most of us right now are going to walk around with extra unmet needs Yes, during this time. But to identify what our needs are in order to feel good, to feel strong, to feel connected, to feel resourced from within, figure out what those are and then figure out creative ways to meet those needs. Um, I think it's essential because at least we can knock down the number of needs a little. Um, The most miserable I was as a mother 12 years ago had everything to do with the fact that I had so many unmet needs. I wasn't getting regular exercise. I wasn't connecting with other women. I wasn't getting any alone time. I didn't have time to create. I was being touched constantly, you know, yes. and to be able. And then I slowly started doing things that met more of my needs. But first I had to, to realize and decide I was worthy of having my needs met, that it wasn't just that my children were worthy of having theirs met. Beautiful answer. Thank you. As you said, there is no, there is no secret answer to this, but other than acknowledging that what you're feeling is real and that there really are still ways for you to get support, that there is still community available to you. There is still a, a, a helping hand, a beautiful heart to hear your story. This is our time to connect in different ways, but they're still there. One more thing about yes. that. I think one potential um, beautiful uh, consequence of this may be when this, is, when this plays itself out, that we are, our interdependence and our need for connection is going to be illuminated hugely. And I see us coming together after this experience with a new um, tenderness, a new excitement a new vulnerability more more bravery in our connections because we're we're starting to realize how desperately desperately we need them yes I agree it's going to be a global reset on ways that we can't even understand yet Beth you have a book coming out uh, on the first of May called motherwhelmed can you tell us again what divine timing for us all to be able to have this insight into being overwhelmed as a mother? What does this book focus on? How does this uh, help us right now? The book talks a lot about the things we've already covered uh, in our time together today. I, I, 
I tell a little bit about my own personal stories, uh, raising four kids, the thing, the self-sacrificial way in which I thought about motherhood and what, what made me a quote unquote good mother for so many years and the ways that that actually led me to, um, a pretty miserable existence. And my journey coming back to myself as a whole person, uh, it's, it, the book really demonstrates going, losing myself within motherhood and then finding myself again as a woman and realizing that actually my kids don't just need me to be an invested mother. They actually need me to model what it looks like to be a whole woman. Mm-hmm. Raising these four daughters, I was showing them that this is how we treat women. This is how we treat mothers. And and I, it broke my heart to think that this is how they would then, this is the narrative they would internalize about motherhood and about womanhood. And so I really shifted that. So the book talks about that and the, the cultural oppression, the new cultural oppression that I see that we've swapped out a lot of old oppressive ways. And now we've taken on a whole new set. Um, and and the, the choice and the power we have in deciding which narratives we want to adopt, take into our lives, um, and the stories we want to tell about ourselves and the world that we are mothering within and which ones are too small for us that we really want to move beyond and, um, and how to tell how bigger, more beautiful stories that encompass our wholeness. Well, how beautiful. And it's available for all of us on Amazon from May 1st. Thank you so much. You have been nourishing for my soul today with everything that's happening outside our doors and in so many homes around the world. So, Beth, I am so grateful for what you do and for your support on this podcast. And uh, we all look forward to reading your book and I hope you and your family stay safe and healthy in these coming months. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciated our conversation and the opportunity to be here. And I hope that you you and all of your listeners stay well out there as well. Yes, thank you. This really is a transition into a time that we've never seen before. I love how Beth talks about this almost in a similar vein as I talk about matrescence, that this is a new beginning, a new way of being, and it will disrupt every single part of your life. But you've got this on the other side. Things are going to be better. I believe that in this time, mamas will rise We will be the calm centre. We will be the ones that hold it together while the rest of the world figures out what this means. Please keep an eye on your podcast player in the coming weeks. I will be bringing you extra episodes and insights. Keep an eye on my Instagram and Facebook pages for free resources. And if you would like to join the online community, Returning Home where we will support each other in these weeks. Go to amytaylorkabaz.com slash returning home now. Stay safe. Satnam.
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.